Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. to the final four is not on the schedule he is rod i am cameron and we are back with the preseason preview um and today rod is iowa uh they come into the season uh after going 22 and 9 last year 14 and 6 in the big 10 which was third um and they lose quite a bit of firepower here yeah garza Wieskamp, um both entering the draft uh What's your kind of take on Iowa coming in? This is fairly low uh, ranking for Iowa in well, quite a few years, probably. Or, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give Fran McCaffrey credit in that he's he's turned them into a program that more often than not in recent years has been NCAA tournament worthy. But you know, last year was a different spot for them. Um. They were being talked about as a Final Four contender, a Big Ten title contender, et cetera. And they've never been in that position. I mean, you'd have to go back to the Dr. Tom Davis days and early Dr. Tom Davis days for uh, to find an Iowa program that was getting that kind of talk you know, anywhere outside Iowa City. Um, and they didn't they had a nice season, but you know, we talked a lot about I can't remember where I picked them. Um, if I picked them fourth, I might have, um, I was not bullish on Iowa because despite all the experience and all the offensive firepower, I thought there were real defensive issues. And you know what? That's kind of how it played out. Now they finished third in a very, very difficult big 10. So credit to them for that, but they didn't do anything in the tournament, which is, you know, like it or not, that's how things are measured, uh, in college basketball. And, and so I think if, if that's your, your best program, your best team in a generation, which was the case for Iowa, it's kind of a little disappointing, right? They had the National Player of the Year in Luca Garza. They had another guy who was drafted by the NBA in Wieskamp, as you mentioned. Um, you know, offensively at least, a, a good deal of talent. But, um, you know, just you, you maybe if, if it were me and I were an Iowa fan, I really would have hoped to have cashed in on that a little better than they did. And yeah. so I think this year is a little bit of a return to reality. It's not that they've got no talent, but, you know, you said, oh, we picked them a little low. Um, I actually think it's possible they finish worse than this. I've said in our, our last preview of Nebraska, I didn't. I picked Nebraska 12. If I'm, if I'm really going guy by guy and saying who's got more quote-unquote talent, at least the way I mean it, Mm-hmm. I probably would give the nod to Nebraska. And yet I picked Iowa slot ahead of them partially out of habit and partially because I do expect that some guys on Iowa's roster probably will be better than they've been. Um, but we'll see. It won't shock me if Iowa finishes lower than this. It would surprise me if they finished much higher. Mm-hmm. I just don't see enough talent in this league to do that this year. 
so they, of course, the biggest loss they have, Luka Garza, who got uh, drafted by the Pistons. Um, yeah, and he's going to make the team, which I got to say surprises me. And, and because I root for the Pistons and probably a, a disproportionate share of our listeners do as well, I guess you got to root for the guy. I, I don't think he's going to play a ton barring injuries, mm-hmm. but they obviously think he's got something. I, I watched a little summer league. I don't know if you did. Yeah, I did. He was Luke Gard. Yeah, he was hitting shots. I mean, he was. There was one well, game he had like he twenty-four Garza. points. He was Luca Garza. We know he can make shots, and we know he is a high motor, and he can do some stuff around the rim. But I, I also saw all the same. Now I'll give him. I saw all the same defensive flaws we saw during his time in Iowa City. I will give him credit for this. He clearly worked his ass off to lose weight. Yeah. He, he looked to me like he lost 20 or 30 pounds between his last game at Iowa and Summer League. So he's trying to give himself a chance. But, I, look, credit he still to looks him. slow. He got, I wasn't even sure he'd get drafted. And he got drafted. The, I think the, the most salient point out of all of this, though, is there probably is no greater illustration of the gulf between what you can be to be a great college player and what that means in terms of being a great professional player than Luca Garza. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a guy who was national player of the year and could have been the same as a junior. He actually, I think was a little better statistically as a junior. Um, and yet it was kind of considered a triumph for him that he was drafted late in the second round. Yeah. So, so what is that? The other thing it tells me, of course, and this is important for MSU fans, is that, you know, the NBA has kind of willed the big man, the traditional big man, out of existence. And Luca Garza is a prime example of that. 25 years ago, Luca Garza would have been a first-rounder. Mm-hmm. And he would have been a guy that teams were looking at as, you know, potentially a starter, and I'm sure of it. But the game has changed so much at that level that his deficiencies are a big, big, big deal. Um, but in the Big Ten, it doesn't necessarily play out that way because you've got so many big guys that you really do kind of need, and we've been talking about it already in our first few previews, uh, you kind of need an answer to Michigan with Hunter Dickinson or uh, Kofi Coburn at Illinois, you know, or the, the guys at Purdue. You need somebody physically who can hang with those guys on the blocks or otherwise you're going to get murdered. And Luca Garza just killed people. And then the other thing he did is he really improved his three-point shot. I mean, the kid shot 44% from three last year. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was as difficult to cover as anybody in recent Big Ten memory as a, as a pure scorer, in, you know, as, as a post player, certainly. So you give him credit for that. But, again, defensively he had problems, and that was always my reason for putting a little bit of a knock on him. Yeah. Uh, and then also Wieskamp, 6'6 forward, um, he elected to go uh, into the NBA draft, ended up with the Spurs. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah, lot of production, too. 14.8 points a game. He had 6.6 rebounds and shot 46.3. Yeah. yeah, he had a really nice season. And if you remember, he was really good as a freshman. And then I thought, I thought his shooting and really his overall level of play dipped a little bit as a sophomore. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't as good as people expected him to be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he bounced back last year. He was a great um, wingman, so to speak, for Garza. Uh, Garza, he was never going to get the number of shots that Garza got, but, boy, he was efficient with the ones he took. And um, I, I thought he was really impressive. And, yeah, he's, he, too, is getting his NBA his NBA opportunities. I think, you know, you talk about losing two guys like that. Well, how do you even begin to think about replacing them at a place like Iowa where you're not, you're not bringing in McDonald's all Americans. You know, it's one thing if you're a Michigan state, you're an Ohio state, you're a, you're a program like that, that at least, you know, most years where you lose somebody, you got somebody else coming that at least has, um, an opportunity, a chance, a realistic chance mm-hmm. to replace that kind of production. At Iowa, again, you know, that team in a generation, you have two guys like that, and they're both gone in the same year. I, I don't know that you can even realistically dream about replacing that. You just got to find a way to soldier on. Yeah. Uh, and then C.J. Frederick, probably one of the, the biggest disappointments because he didn't go to the NBA. He went to uh, transferred out to Kentucky. Um, yeah, and he averaged seven point five points a game, forty eight from the floor, forty eight from three, sixty eight from the line. That's a big loss for them. Huge because you know he had uh, what did he have? I think he had two, I think he has two years of eligibility left, if I remember correctly. Um, does a big disappointment. There's there's no two ways about it. Um, you know, the kid is from Kentucky, so he transfers home. I'm sure he probably grew up dreaming of playing for Kentucky. He had the opportunity with the portal and with, with the COVID rules to transfer, not using lose a year of eligibility. The interesting thing is, you know, it's, it's unclear to me and I haven't done a deep, deep dive on Kentucky's roster, but as I understand it, they've got enough guys that it's unclear whether he'll even be a starter. Mm-hmm. And that may be fine with him, for him. You know, he's playing at home. He's going to be in their rotation for sure. So playing a significant role on a team that, you know, realistically thinks about winning championships, going to Final Fours, all those things, that may be good enough for him. But at Iowa, he would have been the number one option. No question. He would have been the featured guy. With his efficiency numbers, you mentioned it, 48% from three. He's, I probably, if I had to pick a guy from my team in the Big Ten last year in that role, I probably would have taken Myron Jones from Penn State. Uh-huh. Although he shot a little lower percentage, much more of a volume shooter. But, boy, you could not go wrong with C.J. Frederick. I mean, just a great, great pure shooter. Defensively, you could go very wrong with him. And that'll be interesting to see how a coach like John Calipari, who really values defense, how he'll handle that. Will he be able to help him get a little better? Frame couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, huge loss for Iowa because he would have been – he would have been the guy. Uh, and then also Jack Nunge, uh, he transfers to Xavier. Um, another blow for him. He averaged 7.1 points a game, 5.3 rebounds. Um, but did have kind of a, a long history of injuries. So He has. He has. And that's the knock on him. But even last year. But, um, boy, they'd, they'd feel a lot better about their team if they had him to at least give them a reasonable facsimile of what they got out of Gaza. It wouldn't be anywhere near the same thing, but Nungy can play. You know, 7.1 points, 5.3 boards, shot 45, 30, 83, but he's, 
I think they believe, and I believe, he's probably capable in the right seat, in the right situation of shooting better from deep than he did. It wouldn't surprise me to see him be at least like a mid thirties guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another that's another loss, you know, that you don't necessarily see coming, and and it has to be disappointing for um for McCaffrey because um, again those two guys, if you have Frederick coming back on the wing and Nunji in the middle, and then some of their other guys that are back, yeah, you're you're not going to be where you were last year, but you're seriously thinking about being NCAA tournament worthy. Whereas now I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the guys they have coming back, Jordan Bohannon, uh, can believe it. The six foot guard returns for a super yeah. senior year in Iowa. Um, and he's last year. He was kind of what he's always been. 10.6 points a game, 39 from the floor, 39 from three, 89 from the line uh, and better than a three to one assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, I mean, look, he he is, he is what he is. I hate that cliche, but it it, it certainly fits here. Um, he's a guy who shoots the ball pretty well. He's a good decision maker. He's capable of hitting shots from long, long range. You've got to guard him pretty much anywhere from twenty five feet out um, on in twenty five feet on in rather because mm-hmm. uh, he can hit deep threes on you. But he's a, just a horrendous defender and. I do wonder how his efficiency is going to hold up with increased volume because if I'm certain about anything with this Iowa team, I, I feel certain about one thing. Jordan Bohannon is going to take a lot of shots, a lot, a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. One, because they ha- they need him to kind of with the guys they've lost. Two, because I think his mentality is such that he's going to believe he has to take shots for them to win, so he will. And three, he's always kind of been a little bit of a loser. I mean, he hasn't been excessive, but, you know, sometimes you look at his shot selection, it's not world-beating. So <laughs> you had all that up. I'm going to be very surprised if he doesn't lead them in scoring. I'm going to be very surprised if he doesn't lead them in shot attempts. Um, you know, as in previous seasons, though, despite the fact that he's always been a pretty good decision-maker in terms of, you know, looking at the assist turnover ratio, he's not a penetrator because he's not athletic. Um, and I, I tend to think they would be better off if they can play him more off the ball as opposed to on it. And they do have some other guys that can handle the point. So I think that's a realistic option for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Keegan Murray, six foot eight sophomore, son of Hawks, great uh, Kenyon Murray. Um, he's the younger Murray. Um, was a rev- the, sort of the rev- revelation last season. Um, 7.2 points a game, 5.1 rebounds, um, and started four games as a freshman, shot 51, 30, and 76. Yeah, uh, if you are an Iowa fan and you are looking for a reason to say that I'm full of shit as to this team not being an NCAA tournament caliber club or, or all of that stuff I've been saying, this is your exhibit A as to why. Um, and I will give him his due. He was a shocker to me as a freshman. Because the stuff, I, and I had not seen him play in high school, but he and his twin brother, Chris, were, were recruited as scholarship players uh, and were freshmen last year at Iowa. Their father, Kenyon, is one of the program greats. He was uh, an All-Big Ten player. He was a high school All-American for Battle Creek Central. Um, really, really good player, but his sons were not heavily recruited guys. They were, 
I think they were even both outside of the top 150 in consensus rankings. So when I say he was a revelation, that's what I mean. Um, there was there were a lot of Iowa fans that I had read heading into last season that were upset that he had gotten a scholarship. They felt that it was nepotism. You know, that he, he and his twin brother, and his twin brother hasn't played much, so maybe you can still make the argument about him. You can't make it about Keegan Murray anymore because he was really good. And, and again, given the losses, there's, it, it pretty much would seem to be an automatic that Keegan Murray is going to be option two behind Bohannon on this team offensively. And the only reason reasons that he won't be option one is I think Jordan Bohannon is a bit of a shithead and won't let him be. And, and I think Jordan Bohannon's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Mm-hmm. But, but Keegan Murray is, showed a lot of potential last year. And it will not surprise me to see him double that scoring average and you know maybe getting up close to double digits per game in rebounds. He has to. If I was going to be anything in terms of, of competitiveness, he has to do that. But I think he might be able to. Yeah. I still don't think it's going to be enough for his team. But I think him individually, he's pretty good and, and should be better this season. Uh, so keeping on the nepotism theme, <laughs> we got Patrick <laughs> McCaffrey. There is, you know, well, one, one guy or so. Fair. One one guy or so on a roster, but when you start looking at you, both, you got both the Murray twins, uh, both the McCaffreys. That's starting to get to be quite a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but I but I will tell you this: at least in the McCaffreys case, they were both pretty decently regarded recruits. They were both top one hundred recruits. Right. The Murrays weren't. That's what makes it different. Now, the, the ironic thing is, of the four kids you're talking about, the one who's played the best is Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, so Patrick McCaffrey, 6'9", sophomore, he's back. Um, 5.2 points a game, 2.7 rebounds uh, in about 15 minutes, but shot 44 from the floor, 30 from 3, and 71 from the line. Yeah, he was the more highly regarded of the two McCaffrey brothers. Um, he was like a borderline top 50 guy, and you could see flashes of it last year. You know, at 6'9", but with ball skills, he's, he's bringing a lot to the table. Um, I think that in his case, it, it's sort of a, a little bit like Eric Curry we talked about in Minnesota. It's almost a victory that he's just on the court because Patrick McCaffrey's gone through a lot. It hasn't yeah. just been garden variety, you know, hurt hurt your knee kind of stuff. It's been really serious illness with him primarily that's kept him out of away from basketball. Um, I I do think there's a chance and maybe even a good likelihood that he will be improved this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they believe he can shoot better from deep than he did, and if he does that, you know, that, that'll that help him be more productive. I expect he'll be a starter because, again, they need guys who can actually produce and they don't have a lot of other options. So, you know, you figure that he and Keegan Murray are maybe interchangeable at the three and the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joe Toussaint, 6'1", junior point guard, um, averaged 3.7 points a game, 42, only 27 from three and 62 from the line in about 11 minutes. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like him, and I don't know if it's, if it's that I actually believe he's, he's decent or if I just like him because he does things that, you know, i I got to be perfectly candid, and I'm sure people who have listened to this podcast for a while know this, I'm not really a fan of the way Fran McCaffrey approaches the game of basketball. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's 
soft and I think it's it's not designed to win when it really, really matters. You know, you look his team last year was the ultimate Fran McCaffrey team and that they were they had so much offensive firepower and and as I say, you look at where it got them, they had two NBA players, they had so much in the way of offensive talent and then you know, what'd they get? Third place in the league and early exit from the tournament. So I, I wonder to myself if maybe part of the reason that I like Toussaint so much is that he's the anti friend Because <laughs> he actually cares about defense, or he seems to. He's quick. He's not particularly skilled. Uh, you know, you mentioned the shooting. but um, And he's not even really the typical kind of guy as a trigger man that they have because he'll take chances, and because he does that, he makes more mistakes than the typical Iowa point guard. But I, I think he's got a chance to be their starter. If not starting, he's going to play a lot because they'll need him to. Um, I don't love him as a player, but I, I, I kind of like him more than the than the usual guy Fran rolls out there just because I think he offers something a little different that, that maybe fits a little more of what I believe matters mm. in, in basketball. He had a good game against Michigan State, too, if I recall. Kind of yeah, came out of nowhere he hit, and he hit made like shots, 11 points right? or something like that toward, right toward the end, yeah, I think. I think you're right. And that, Are you talking about the game in Iowa City? Yeah. Where yeah. Michigan State was really competitive? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and then Connor McCaffrey, the other McCaffrey, uh, 6'5", senior point guard, 3.3 points a game, um, but had a 4-1 to assist-to-turnover ratio, but only shot 32 from the floor, 28 uh, from three, and 59 from the line. So really tough year for him. There's your, there's your more conventional Fran McCaffrey player, his son. Um, you know, the, the big problem for Connor is that he regressed as a shooter. As a sophomore, he had actually improved a lot, was bad as a freshman, was a lot better as a sophomore, and then went backward last year. Uh, it's, it's tough to play him on that team when he shoots, um, when he shoots the way that he did last season, but but he's going to play a lot because they'll need him to. I, I think it'll be an interesting uh, battle between uh, he and Toussaint for the starting role at the point. But regardless of who actually ends up starting, uh, I think that um, I think that they'll both play a lot. Mm-hmm. And and with Connor, you know, he's always going to make good decisions. But again, with Iowa, I think you have to take those numbers with a grain of salt because Connor McCaffrey doesn't make a lot of mistakes and yeah, he gets credit for a lot of assists, but what they come from primarily is passes, simple passes to shooters who can make shots. Yeah. You know, that's what I was had the last couple of years. You're not talking about a guy who's dynamic. This is not Cassius Winston. This isn't even Xavier Simpson or Marcus Carr or any of the other guys that have, you know, won assist titles in the league in years, in recent years. Um, this is a different thing. And I think Iowa, this team especially, because it doesn't have as many guys with those shooting gifts, um, at least on the surface it doesn't, they need a little more dynamism. And that is something that Toussaint would give them, mm-hmm. as opposed to Connor McCaffrey. Uh, and then Aaron Ewa, 6'3", sophomore, um, didn't play much last year as a freshman, only averaged 1.6 points a game, 33 from the floor, zero from three, and 90% from the line. 
Yeah, not, not a surprise that he didn't play a lot because they had a lot of bodies, you know. Mm. Um, he's going to play a lot this year because they need him to. Um, I would expect that uh, he's probably looking at a reserve role. But, you know, other than Bohannon, there's there's a lot that that's sort of up in the air with this team on the perimeter. So um, I don't think it's crazy to think that he, if he plays well, that he might be able to work his way into a bigger role. Hmm. And then Tony Perkins, 6'4", sophomore, um, may have a shot to, to earn a starting role on the wing this year. Uh, played 24 games last year, only 1.6 points a game, 46 from the floor, 33 from three, and 47 from the line. Uh, he was the other guy yeah, that came know, out of nowhere against Michigan State that game. He did. Um, and, and he was the freshman. You know, he, above Ulyss, actually played some last year. It was a limited role, but it, it was a role. Um, you know, it, it's it's funny to say this about a Fran McCaffrey team, but if Perkins and uh, Toussaint ended up being two guys who got heavy minutes in the perimeter group, they might not actually be awful defensively. Uh, yeah. You know? But I, I just don't trust Fran to make decisions based around that. I think he's going to make decisions primarily based around who's making shots because that's what he's always done. So, you know, if that's the case, well, then if Tony Perkins and – and Joe Toussaint want to play heavy minutes, they're going to have to be making shots, and that, that may or may not happen. Mm. Then Josh Agundale, 6'10", uh, played in eight games as a freshman. Uh, not much of an impact, but... Yeah, you know, he's he's in the mix. Obviously, with Garza and with Nunji gone, there's a big gaping hole in the post for Iowa, right? So, Agundale didn't play much, but I think, you know, there's three guys. There's him, and then there's two newcomers. You probably look at him as the third man in that group would be my guess. But, um, you know, it's it's not a done deal by any means because we, we don't have a lot to go on. Um, I think one of the guys we'll talk about in a minute that the transfer is the likely starter. But the backup role, Agundale is, is in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other twin, Keegan uh, of Keegan, uh, is Chris Murray. He didn't play much as a freshman either. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's going to change. Um, you know, I was wrong about both of them last year, but because uh, one of them broke through in a big way. But um, I, I didn't see signs that he's likely to change that uh, that equation for for this team. But you never know. Again, on a team with as many question marks, sometimes you can have guys emerge better surprises but at this point i would suspect he'd be a little bit on the outside looking in in terms of the rotation hmm. uh, so then for newcomers uh philippe rebracha transferred from north dakota um oh, is it, i wonder if he's any relation to zelly remember him he is. is he he is <laughs> he is he's not not a son i and I saw this in looking at him, and I can't remember what the relationship is. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's accurate. Huh. That's funny. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, he's coming in from Nebraska, 6'9". Um, shot quite pretty good. 51 from the floor, 37 from three, 61 from the line. Uh, but he averaged 16.8 points a game, 7.6 rebounds. Yeah, you know, look. As we said at the outset, you're never going to replace what Luca Garza did 
in, in this year or probably in the next decade plus if you're Iowa. But this is not a bad response. Um, there's a big jump involved in going from the summit to the Big Ten. So you have to keep that in mind. But this is a guy who's got some size, and at least in terms of the way he plays, it's not too dissimilar to Garza and that he's, he's not just strictly a post guy. He can also step away from the basket and do damage. You mentioned 37% on threes. Um, decent rebounder. Um, so I, th- I think he has to be good for Iowa to have a chance to be really competitive. Uh, but I think there's a reasonable chance that he'll at least be productive. I, I don't expect the same production numbers that he had at North Dakota. But, you know, if he could be, I don't know, a 10-7 and seven guy, 11-7, and seven, something like that, and play reasonably efficiently, I think Iowa would take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, so then they get two freshmen coming in, uh, Riley Mulvey, 6'11 freshman, um, who beat out, they beat out Syracuse um, to get him. What are, you, what are you hearing about him? Well, they liked him a lot. And obviously, you know, to beat out Syracuse among other programs tells you that uh, he's a decently thought of kid in terms of his talent. Um, I think the problem here is, although he's 6'11", he's a little light. And the other problem is he reclassifies. So when you're talking about a big man who's that young, like 17, um, it's probably asking a lot for him to do much. Now, because level was good, and because this is Iowa, you know, if he can shoot and he can function in their offense, he could play. Even if he's too weak and even if he can't really hold his position in the post defensively, that may not matter. But that's where the battle is. It's between he and a gondola, I think, for the backup minutes behind Rabatra. Mm. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. But in terms of a longer play for the future, um, you know, Mulvey's one to watch because he, he does seem to be a guy that people like. Mm. Uh, and then Peyton Sanford, 6'7", forward, uh, an in-state guy that they get. What's the, what's the kind of yeah. the rep on him? Shooting. 45% from no three as a senior. And, yeah, and look, I mean, this is Fran McCaffrey, Fran McCaffrey special as a recruit. Six, seven guy who can shoot, sign him up. Um, you know, look, on a team that lost so much offensive production, particularly from three, you know, you're, you're talking about losing three guys who were high-volume shooters, Frederick less so, but – were high-volume shooters and all were 40% plus. Fran McCaffrey likes the three. So you're going to have to figure out ways to replace some of that production. And they don't have a lot of obvious choices outside of Jordan Bohannon, at least of guys who have done it, you know, at the collegiate level. So if Peyton Sanford can prove to be an effective shooter right away, he's going to play, you know, probably at, on a, at the wing, you know, I would guess, as I said, I think, I think uh, the younger McCaffrey and, um, and Keegan Murray will sort of be interchangeable as the starting three and four. I think Sanford figures in backing up those guys. That's likely where you'll see him, but I would expect him to be in the rotation. Just based on reputation. 
and need. Okay, so uh, Iowa overall, I mean, we're accepting they're expecting quite a step back probably this year. Again, the not many freshmen, only two in this class. We haven't in the ones we've discussed so far. There just haven't been a whole lot of freshmen coming in. Yeah, um, I think that this is, you know, Fran McCaffrey's not in any trouble, nor should he be. Uh, I actually think if you look at where Iowa had been for, say, 15 years or so before he got that job, he's done very well because he's turned them into a program that, you know, more often than not, they're going to be a tournament team. You know, they're not going to hang around very long. They're not going to really do a lot of damage in terms of, um, you know, Big Ten title contention. But they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be capable of being around 500 in the league, getting to the tournament. You know, and, and in a place like Iowa, truthfully, that's, that's about as much as I think you can realistically expect. However, as I mentioned, I think you can look fairly at last year's Iowa team as a generational team for that program. It, it has been a long, long time since Iowa had gotten that level of hype and at that level of expectation around them. And so this is now getting back to the mean, reverting to the mean, as they say. And, and I don't think they'll be out of tournament discussion forever, but I just don't see this as a tournament level team myself. Because I think they're going to have, they're likely to have similar defensive problems to what they usually have because he's coaching the team. But they don't have the kind of scoring. They don't have the kind of proven offensive talent that they've had in the recent past. So you put all that together, and I think they're slipping backward at least for a year. Okay. Well, that'll do it for Iowa. Uh, until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.